Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. What's going on, church? Man, it's an awesome day. Peace be with you. Peace be with you all in the house. This year, man, it's just, uh, I was just telling, telling them that uh, while French was talking, that what a joy it is to be here to get a chance to worship um, in person with everybody. And so we're going to extend that opportunity hopefully out next week. Hopefully we'll be able to get to hang out together uh, outside. Hopefully it won't be raining, but um, but I hope that the uh, communication's good and you guys all got, don't don't come out. Of course, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys were like, uh, I'm definitely not going to sit in the rain for a worship service, so you got the picture anyway. But we'll try to make sure that you get that information. We'll put it out on Facebook and try to send out an email through our, our Realm email stuff. So if you're not there, um, not on that, make sure you get on that. Other thing is uh, we're starting to send uh, in our pledge cards at this time. So I invite you to think through what that means. Like French said, it's about that generosity. It's about that orientation toward God and, and letting that stuff go. And uh, my wife and I um, give 10% of our income back to the church as just part of what it is it means for us to be here. And uh, so I'd encourage all of you guys to uh, to follow suit as well as, as much as you can um, uh, get close to that. Uh, but also, if it's your first time you've never given before, um, just do like, I'm going to give $5 this year. I don't care. Just do something so that, if, that you're, you're beginning that orientation towards God. It's a really great thing to, uh, to do. And again, it's not about keeping lights on, uh, although it is, you know, about keeping lights on, making it so the ministry can happen. Um, it is ultimately about um, our orientation toward God, letting go of that and trusting God will fill. And let me just tell you that that story is has been time after time that God has been amazing that way. So it's a weird thing to talk about money. Jesus talked about money almost more than anything else, right? So we're going to talk about it from time to time. And this is that time of the year where we talk a little bit about it. So we'll try again for outside. Bring your pledge cards in uh, this week in any way that you can. So I don't know about you, but I'm wearing a little red. Does anybody know why I'm wearing red today? Anybody know? Because it's Reformation Sunday. That's pretty impressive. Two people in the house knew. That is great. It's Reformation Sunday. And it's a time where we kind of celebrate the rebirth of the church, right? We think about the, the history where Martin Luther, uh, to, to, uh, I guess we're, we're, you know, of course, we're named after Luther as Lutherans, right? But, of course, I think that really bug him, but that's a whole other thing. But he felt that there was a problem in the church. The church was going this direction. And all of a sudden, he was called and he couldn't. He said, I, here I stand. I can do no other. And he had to stand up for the fact that our church was doing some things really poorly and, and really wrong. And so he nailed these 95 theses to the wall that said, here are the things that we need to talk about. I want to talk about these things in the church. And it was a very scary, very frightening time. But it ultimately started the Reformation, where the church was being reformed, where the whole church was coming to life in a whole different way. And it's the same thing. Like, we get our Lutheran fight song. I don't know if you know that. If you've if you're, if you got a Lutheran background, there's a Lutheran fight song. Every time we score a gospel touchdown, what, I don't know. You're like, a mighty fortress is a this is awesome. There's nothing better than like hearing this huge pipe organ like belt that thing out and all these harmonies and voices coming out. I mean, it is powerful. It'll take you to your knees. It's absolutely amazing song. But my favorite part of the song is like right at the very end. And it basically says, we understand, Satan, that you are going to win some battles. We get it. But you won't take the day. You won't take the day because the kingdom's ours forever. And it's such a great thing, just that Lutheran fight song. So we wear red. <clears throat> we also wear red on another time in the year, and this is where it comes from. Anybody know what the other Sunday is we wear red? 
Come on, Ashley Morris in the house getting all the answers. At the French too, I think. Pentecost Sunday, we wear red because it's this color of fire, this Holy Spirit fire, right? And so the Pentecost is like the birth of the church. Reformation Day is kind of like the rebirth of the church when the church was reborn anew. And so we wear red. It's, it's fun, but we're still called. No matter how much time has passed, we're still called to carry the gospel in a shifting world. And man, oh man, if we are not in the midst of a shifting world right now, I don't know when we ever have been. Um, let's just start with how many meetings you now have online that you didn't before. How many things that you do online that you didn't before? Like our personal contact with people has been like dropped. For I know for a lot of you guys, work things online. It's one of the things we're realizing now. We're like, <clears throat> like when you talk to your boss and you're like, so I'm now realizing that we don't really need to come into talk to you at all because we can do it all online. Like this is something that could have been handled a lot faster without any kind of commute. I mean, like we should probably be learning some things for this. My kids are learning virtually, <clears throat> which means they're not learning. <clears throat> <clears throat> no, my kids are learning virtually and they're doing their best, man. It's hard. And I get it. You know, like a lot of folks that you, I, I get it. It's, it's really tough. It's a brand new, brand new thing. Takeout is like the standard now. People get takeout all the time. I mean, like that's like restaurants we thought were going to like die in flames, but all they did was just not use their dining room. Right. And now of course they're using them just a little bit, but takeout's out of control. Amusement parts are shut down or they're super sparse. There is no traffic at the Panthers game. There's no traffic. You could literally, you could drive your car right up to the front, get one of the front parking spaces, walk right in, walk right out, home in 20 minutes. It's fantastic. There's new standards about how we <clears throat> interact with one another. <clears throat> how many of you guys are doing the hold your breath hug? You've done the hold your breath hug? All right, you're about six feet away. He's like, I'm going to hug you, but you're going to have to hold your breath. <gasps> <laughs> we're doing the hold your breath hug we stopped shaking hands with people i don't know I, like i i was a, a hand shaker like that's what it means to be a, a a man right you shake somebody's hand give them a good a good grip now it's like the you know the, the thing boom you know when the shoulders that what is it, the elbow or, or the or like if you're if you're really risky you might do the fist but then immediately you're like oh yeah <laughs> get it you know, washed off we fear people and crowds a lot and in a lot of ways we probably should should because a lot of folks aren't taking this very seriously so i'm just thinking of all the things that we could read in this tumultuous time on reformation day it's gotta be habakkuk Come on, Habakkuk. <laughs> All right, listen to this. Chapter 1 starts like this. Prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you don't listen. Or cry out to you, violence, but you don't save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There's strife and conflict abounds. Is this preaching yet this morning? Is it preaching yet this morning? Therefore, the law is paralyzed, paralyzed, and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous means they come right in around them so that the justice is perverted. Right there in verse four, or verse one through four, actually just two through four, lays out the reality. Can we identify a little bit? Strife, conflict, injustice, wrongdoing, wickedness. But there's more. And it happens quick because verse 5, everything changes. Listen to this. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days 
that you would not believe, even if you were told. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. See, this is a new time with lots of new normal things. I mean, <clears throat> just think about all the things that are so different. I, I, I get these, um, you guys get these reminders in your phone. It's like, I have Google Photos. And so it'll do like this thing. It's like, hey, this is what you were doing three years ago. This is what you were doing one year ago. This is what you were doing seven years ago. It's like today. And, and, and it'll show me these things. And I am consistently like just blown away. But I'm like, oh, they're, they're touching. You know, like, there's, there's a really large group of people talking very close to one another. How, how strange and odd is that? And then I see things that we were doing, like we were taking pictures of, of the church. And, right, and I'm, I'm, I'm here in a room with like one, two, three, four, five six of us right here seven of us in the room and we used to be in a room with 200 and it was a whole different thing and and the holy spirit was through the voices of the people and people were hugging each other and and giving each other handshakes and sharing the peace and, and it was so beautiful and it just feels like it's all gone like you know everything has changed but here's the thing the gospel is still the same it's never changed it's not somehow all of a sudden available only to good people. The gospel is not how somehow all of a sudden only available to rich people or white people or pretty churches or folks that call themselves evangelical. It's not somehow only all of a sudden available to those who confess Jesus as Lord. The gospel is not somehow only all of a sudden available to those who aren't regularly coming to church or who are regularly coming to church. The gospel is for everyone. It's for all, forever. And that, brothers and sisters, is the gospel that will never change. But church, everything else has. So what now? Well, I think we might have an answer. And it's this. Right here. The pandemic didn't keep us from being the church. The pandemic can't stop the gospel. Nothing can stop the gospel. This church, church, we have no building. We're going to meet outside on a mushy lawn, hoping that you can see the television so you can sing the words, just hoping that enough of us show up to make it worth it to do it, right? We have no building. We, that's, we have no fancy lights. We, we have fancy lights in here, Davern. I mean, I mean, I guess you could say these are, these are fancy lights, right? We don't have fancy lights. We don't have the cool things that all these other great big churches have. We have nothing. We have some land, some grass, some dirt, but this, you are the church. Listen to this. I'm going to say it twice. God doesn't reform buildings. God reforms people. God doesn't reform buildings. God reforms people. And you're still getting together in small groups, safely distanced. The South Sisters, the Southmen. We've got a Bible study on Wednesdays out here at the farm. Next Generation Nights. We're able to use this dirt to bring glory to God. But it's not meeting at the church. It's the meeting of the church. What we've been doing for years now, meeting on Sundays, isn't church church. It's just the gathering of church. And there's a big difference because we haven't lost anything as the church. It doesn't matter how big a building we have or how it functions because that's not the church. That's a building. Do you remember when you were little and they did this thing like this? They said, here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open it up and see all the right. But they were dead wrong. Now think about it this way. Here's a building. Here's a giant pointy object that if you were falling from the sky, you'd want to avoid at all costs. <laughs> but you open it up and here is the church. Amen. Now I want to take it one step further. Now think about this. Do you often walk around with your hands like this? 
with all of your fingers all put together like this? I mean, do you really often walk? You do. Danny walks around like this. He says he walks around like this all the time, speaking to the Lord. That's the reason they keep putting him in the loony bin, right? No, of course not. Your hands don't live like this. They live like this. Sometimes the right hand doing something different than the left hand. Sometimes they're cooperating together for the same task. But all the time, they're out moving. Brothers and sisters, that is the church. That's where the church goes. It's not a building. It's not a steeple. It's none of that stuff. God doesn't reform buildings. God reforms people. And right now, God is moving. Where two or three or more gathered in my name, Jesus said, I am there also to change our understanding, to change our understanding of what church is. Is all about. We're getting to see it. Church, wake up. See what's happening around us. It's not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing because we're getting to be a part of a new reformation right now because church is not a building. It's a movement. It's an action. It's a verb. It's you. Church, and we'll always have the gathering of the church. Absolutely. Pastor Matt's not advocating that we don't get together on Sunday morning. That's not what I'm saying. We'll always have the gathering of the church. What I'm saying that is, I think that we might be missing the point if we think that that's the main thing that we do. What if God is saying, I want you to look for where church is happening everywhere, all the time, not just that building on Sunday mornings. Hey, Christ South, I want you to see where church is happening, not on that land, not in that gym. Because that is when we'll truly understand what church is. There are so many people that either aren't able or ready or interested to be together in a great big gathering inside a building. And for good reason. And brothers, let me tell you that the very first gatherings of the early church, they weren't in great big buildings. They were in small groups and homes. They were in moments that happened when you could do it. It wasn't about Sunday morning necessarily. It was about whenever they could get together. The church at her origin was small. This ain't new for God's church. The late prophet Phyllis Tickle said that about every 500 years, she wrote a great book called The Great Emergence. I won't read you the whole book now, but you need to read that book. Amazing prophet. Talking about what the church has got going on. And she talked about this way prior to pandemic. 500 years, about every 500 years, God has a, a, she called it a, a, a giant rummage sale, right? Garage sale where God kind of rethinks and reshifts. It seems like it happens about every 500 years. We've got great evidence, of course. Then there's Jesus, and about 500 years later is Constantine, right? About 500 years later is the Great Schism in the 11th century. And then again in the 16th century, about 500 years later, the Reformation, that was 1517. I'm just saying we're 500 years later. We should be looking for and paying attention to what God is doing. Blessed people of God, blessed people of God, you are in the midst of a new movement of God. You, right now. The question is, how do we get to bring it to life? Listen to this from Luke chapter 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out ahead, two by two, to every town and place where he was meant to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. We drop down to 16. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Even the demons. You catch that? They went out and even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, 
I saw Satan falling like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father. Oh, to hear those words in person. Oh, to hear the Son of God praise the Father. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Christ South, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. <clears throat> well, not me, Pastor. Not me. I mean, I'm just trying to keep it together. <laughs> I'm not a great person. I'm not overly faithful. I don't know. I don't really know how to pray. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not really going to pray out loud. I just, I, I just stop me. I'm not, I mean, I'm just showing up here, hear a good word because I keep forgetting it. <clears throat> And I love to hear Christina sing. That's why I come. <laughs> All right, got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about people in scripture. Moses. Moses was amazing. Moses was absolutely 100% as a human being perfect. Well, he did kill a man and then run away. I'm so, but you know, but then God used him to break God's people out of slavery. Okay, okay, okay. But David, David, King David, big man, take out Goliath, doing his thing, rolling through everything until he saw the girl on the roof and sent her husband to die so that he could have her to himself. I guess that's not a really good man either. Shoot. What about Mary Magdalene, right? Perfect. You know, this perfect Mary, she's, she's putting her hair on Jesus' feet with the perfumes. and I mean, it's beautiful, anointing the Lord and all that. And she was, per and she was, she was a nut. None, not a nun. Prostitute. Yikes. Oh, but Paul. Paul. Man, he wrote all this stuff, man. That's how we know how to build the church. It was Paul. Paul, what a great writer. I mean, he was in prison for the Lord, and he saw all these crazy things happen and amazing stuff. And before he was Paul, he was Saul, and he killed Christians for a living. Oops. That's problematic. But Luther. Luther was perfect, right? Everybody knows Luther was perfect. He did all the right things. He did, said all the right stuff until he read, wrote a bunch of really awful things about Jewish people. See, all these weren't great people either, church, but they were people. They were God's people. They were church. They are you. They are us. So this new reformation, brothers and sisters, I'm going to get in some trouble here, but I'm going to say it. It's yours. It's yours, church, and not just great big church, but you, all of those who are listening in today, all of you who are a part of Christ South, the new reformation is now. God is moving in you, in us. So here's what that means for us daily. If you're the kind of person that writes things down, I want you to write these three things down. If you, if you, if you want to write things down, put them on a post-it note, stick them on the mirror, because this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to see that new church reformation moment happen. Every single day, number one, find church everywhere. 
Look for where church is happening because it's not a noun. It's not a building, right? God doesn't reform buildings. God reforms people. God gave you a circle of people and you get to see church happen daily if you're looking for it. As a matter of fact, you just might be the instigator of it from time to time. Number two, live in love and relationship. Find love, grace, and mercy in every relationship you have. Rather than going in with a judgmental heart and a forearm to the face, I want you to go in with arms outstretched at a six-foot distance (laughs) with love in relationship. We don't need spiritual salespeople. We don't need convincing why we should believe. You may be the only scripture somebody reads. Three, protest injustice daily. Now, I'm unpack, I unpack that a bit. I'm not necessarily suggesting that everybody go out, hit the streets, grab your signs. A couple people already ran out the room. They got their Sharpies, and they're like, he told us to go out. I'm making my sign today. I'm going to the street corner. It's not necessarily what I'm talking about. It might be, but it's not necessarily what I'm talking about. What I'm suggesting is you stand up to injustice around you all the time. Don't wait for Facebook to tell you where injustice is. You already see it. When you see someone being belittled or, or bullied, stand up for them. That's who you're called to be. That's what you said in your baptismal promises that you would do when you see someone being taken advantage of. Step in, shut it down, stop it from happening. When you hear of people being forgotten, call it out. Say the names of the people who've been hurt, who've suffered injustice. Don't be afraid to be the Christian that God called you to be. Not because Facebook tells you to, because it's your calling in Jesus, because it's a new reformation. Jesus was the one that turned over to the temple tables, remember? He, was, he, he caused some trouble from time to time. Jesus was the one who called out the authorities. He didn't let them just say whatever they wanted to say. He stood up in the midst of it for the people, for the rest of us. Jesus was the one who said, deny yourself then, church. If you want to be my followers, you take up your cross and you follow me down the streets too. Because the life of a Christian isn't all roses and prettiness and prosperity. That is crap. That is absolute crap. The life of a Christian is hard. It's difficult, but it is everything to someone who doesn't yet know. This is the time that we put protest back into Protestant. That's where it came from. Not in the streets necessarily, but in your own life. Every single day. You don't have to change the entire system. Just change the landscape in your backyard. I'm going to say it again. You don't have to change the entire system. Just change the landscape in your backyard. That's what Reformation is all about. And we, church, are the ones who get to help the world change. God gave you eyes to see and a heart to help. Remember the good news? The gospel never changed. Jesus is with you. Jesus is the one at work through you. Every step, every breath, every moment, Jesus will help you. Jesus will drive you. Jesus will hold you up. And better yet, let's take one more second. I'm almost done. Stay with me. I'm almost done, church. You can make it. 30 seconds. Look around you right now. Take a second. Look around you. Make eye contact with the people in your house or in your, in, your, in your room where you are. Jesus is with you through them. Every single one of them. Jesus is with you through them. Christ South is ready to be the new church. And it's going to be hard. And it's going to look a little crazy. 
And things might not happen as quickly as we want. We might not have our building up exactly like we want, exactly when we want. We might not be able to do all the things that we want to do, the timeline that we've got in our heads. But brothers and sisters, Christ South is being equipped for a brand new model of the way that we see church all the time. And we're going to see the new Reformation right now, right here. It's time to make every day Reformation Day. And guess what? You will be amazed how you, church, are the next Reformation. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.